welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impacts on our lives. I'm Lance, and today I am extremely excited to welcome on our special guest. He is a comic book creator, writer, illustrator, pro wrestling aficionado, and musician, as well as two-time Eisner nominee for Best Limited Series, Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson. How's it going, Daniel? It's good. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm going to adjust my levels here so I match you. Hold on one sec. Check, 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 check. How's that? Better? Is that better? Good. There we are. Way better. I, there's a little cool podcasting thing over here. It's like, it's got your... It's got the levels and everything? It's got the levels, yeah. So we're on the same page now. You're way more professional podcaster than I am then. Oh, it's all good. I see you clipping a little, but I'm I'm right there with you now, bro. Perfect. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Much appreciated. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So how is it kind of getting through con season? It was, uh, it was quite a lot going on this year. Yeah, I try and be active on the road when um, a new book kind of drops. And that was definitely this year. We do a powerbomb, you know, coming out in June, right as everything was taken off. So I was trying to hit the circuit. And, you know, it's not like it helps sales to like go to different cons, but there's the hype machine is, is there. So everybody's kind of excited. And honestly, it's just a nice little boost for my ego and my uh, emotions uh, to get to have people coming up and just talking about how much they like the book and just having a back and forth about it. It's really cool, really special. And uh, that being said, I'm so glad it's over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure that I feel like every single weekend almost you are doing a new update from another convention yeah uh i i i go to some of the big ones san diego new york heroes is one of my favorites even though it's not very big i do try and hit up the west coast at least once a year that's not san diego so I, we were in emerald city this year too so oh, nice. um and next year i'm gonna be at uh, uh the los angeles one uh what's what's it called it's uh wondercon I'll be able oh, to right. yeah. this year in April. Oh, so, nice. um, and I've never done an actual official comic con in, uh, Los Angeles. So that'll be really fun. That is actually one of my best friend's favorite conventions that he goes to is WonderCon. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. There you There's go. one point in favor for it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I'm, I'm glad it's over. I'm really tired. <laughs> Yeah, I am not surprised. That's it's so much work to like pack everything up and travel and I know. Like, but I want to say as one of the fans, thank you for putting in that effort because I know so many of those people that are coming up to your booth are just ecstatic to see you. <sighs> That's awesome. Well, I mean, you are welcome. And uh, <laughs> I will <laughs> I will thank you and all of the other people that have come up to say hello that have been excited. Uh you gotten me through the tough days of making the work. So uh it's uh it's a special thing it's unlike a lot of enter other entertainment industries where there's a direct connection with the creators in that way uh which i think is really special something that i think should be celebrated and i'm really appreciative of everybody that's come out to show their support it's been amazing yeah absolutely it's it's a really amazing opportunity for like mass audiences really to not only have a connection with the things that you write and and illustrate but then also to have a connection with you, period, because it just makes those stories even more meaningful for them. Yeah, hopefully I don't let anybody down. 
I I promise you, you do not because okay. I, talking for someone within in that realm that continuously hears nothing but amazing things about you. Uh. Uh, I have heard endlessly that you are one of the nicest people in the comic book industry. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, just hyping it up from the start. All right, cool. All right, everybody who's hearing this now, I have a, I have an oath to fulfill. I have a promise to keep. Come see me and see if I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you already brought up do a power bomb, so let's let's just jump straight into it then. Sure. Uh, so this series is about uh, pro wrestling, but absolutely not about pro wrestling, right? In in all the right ways. So when when you were pitching this idea, like how did you describe the story? It was kind of like a, uh, kind of like the wrestler meets Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Um, that's how I kind of pitched it and trying to merge these two worlds that I haven't, hadn't necessarily seen before. Um, and I do love tournament stuff. I love like tournament shows, tournament movies, tournament comics, but in a comics world, most of that tournament stuff only really happens in manga. Um, there's not a lot of space for it in American comics I've found because it's just like the repetitive nature doesn't really lend well to just the style of storytelling that people are used to here in the States. So, you know, trying to find a kind of like pathos within the story that would carry us through that tournament style comic, even though it's in the States. And it's kind of an interesting challenge even just to start talking about it and conceptualizing it out in my head because, you know, with so many comics nowadays with sci-fi fan, any genre fiction really in comics, there's so many set pieces of like where the action is going to take place, you know, on some epic mountaintop with a castle or something or a, a big space bridge. You get the picture, right? Yes. In uh-huh. this book, it's kind of like we just go from one ring to the next. And it's really like all about the characters. It's all about the storylines. And uh, I really had to have things tight, you know, because I couldn't really rely on anything that doesn't fit within the context of a wrestling ring. And that's actually one thing I wanted to avoid as I was pitching it was like, having it be wrestling or wrestling characters, but like not actually having it within the context of a wrestling ring, like doing a power bomb on the moon or something, you know, like I really wanted it to be like, no, this is a wrestling comic. It just so happens that they're fighting for a loved one to return from the grave. So, uh, you know, kind of marrying those two worlds, trying to like show people visually and with my words written out in the pitch uh, that, you know, this could be something that could be taken seriously and could be really fun and could be a good time. So uh, that's kind of how I pitched it. And I think, it, I think it did well, mostly as a sounding board on my friends, you know, when it comes to like pitching the image, you know, you send out this like really like long winded email with a PDF and then, you know, Eric Stevenson, the publisher's like, sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> and that's literally the email. That's it. That's all I got. So it's like, okay, great. You're like fitting. Perfect. Yeah. Dive yeah. right. When, yeah. When, should it come out and then yeah go from there but um yeah so it's been a great journey and uh but yeah it started small started with the concept started with the pitch i found myself so many times when i'm reading this this series there's just these big moments of like jumping off the top rope and doing this amazing flip and i remember reading in one of the issues where uh, lona does that flip and mm-hmm. you just see cobra sun staring up at her and I swear everything in my house went silent. <laughs> yep. Like I can hear like the flash bulbs of, of cameras yep. that don't exist anymore going yep. off. 
Yep. And it, it's just this moment of, of awe. That's just like the feeling that you get with this series. And, and it hits hard emotionally as well as physically. Thank you so much. I'm glad you highlighted that because that's actually my favorite page in the whole series. And I'm done drawing it, so I know. <laughs> um, that panel in particular, you know, it's very hard, I think. Uh, can I ask, are you a wrestling fan? I grew up a wrestling fan, and then I kind of fell off in college. Okay. And I I even wrote in to uh, the Do a Powerbomb uh, email and oh, wrote awesome. that it, it made me want to get back into watching wrestling because I the series... It, it gave me those feelings that I had back when I watched it when I was younger. Yep. That's awesome. I'm so glad I was able to kind of tickle your senses a little bit uh, and like kind of bring you back into that love. Mm-hmm. The goal was also to like include people who've never had any sort of experience with wrestling. And honestly, that's what that scene was, is like trying to show people in comic book form, you know, through the story of like a character that is like starts at a fairly low place or a wrestler that really hasn't quite gotten over yet to this point where the crowd and even yourself start falling in love with these characters that are doing these death defying things in the ring. And there's a moment where like, you can tell too in wrestling, if you were to watch it, you can tell there's something that clicks and you know, you know what I'm talking about. hundred percent. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of get that feeling into the reader's heads, even though they may have never seen a wrestling match in their whole life. And there, that there's a reason that panel makes you pause is because I'm trying to get every single person who reads it to pause and say, this is the moment that Lona becomes something like she comes into her own and uh, still very proud of that. I, I think, I think I may have peaked. <laughs> <laughs> Time to drop the, drop the pen, yeah. drop everything. Done. Yeah. After that page, I was like, Oh shoot. I have to keep drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I have also found that your comics tend to be the greatest version of Where's Waldo Mm. in in comics at all. Because in the crowds in this comic are so many characters that are just like trickled in. So you you can have like your Optimus Prime. You can have uh, the other characters from your other story. So Murph is in the crowd for Murder Falcon. Yep. And it's so much fun (laughs) taking the time to look and see, okay, what did daniel include on this page totally um honestly the reason i do that is because like after like drawing a sea of characters where you're basically like having to unless you want to fudge all the characters which you don't necessarily want to do you have to draw you have to be pretty like intentional about what you're drawing so it's almost easier to have actual things to draw so i just go through my library of characters because it's easier (laughs) than making faces up out of nowhere uh and then sometimes I'll like think to myself, I'll go through my, I'll go through my contacts on my phone and I'll just draw like people that kind of look like these contacts on my <laughs> phone. Cause I, I just need like something to differentiate that it's like, so it's not just like person, person, person. I draw a lot of bald headed people in the crowd cause I just don't have time to draw hair. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. I, I'm curious. Do you have a favorite easter egg that you've included in one of your stories or or one that you don't think people have noticed it's a good question um gosh and specifically do a power bomb i well i mean it's not really an easter egg because it's so specific but there is a pro wrestling shop in tokyo called tudokan i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but um it's a very famous 
like all things pro wrestling store. I think it's like two floors. Uh, it's like really, really famous. And it ha- that that set piece is an issue too, where the where the um the portal is to get to Necroton's like world. Um, and so, but I don't like say it by name. It's just like that is the building. Um, it's a like pro wrestling and martial arts shop. And I remember I slaved over that stupid logo. It's like so. <laughs> It's like not a good logo. It's like a bad logo. And I had to draw like this bad logo so that everyone would know exactly what it is. Uh, but it was fun to draw in a way. You know, I'm glad I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out, but it was a pain. So that that shop is like an actual place in Japan. Oh, nice. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really neat. If our listeners haven't been sold on the series enough, just think a, a necromancer starts a wrestling tournament that is a tag team tournament yep. that has to include characters that have uh, like a, a space between them and have to yep. work together. And it, it is full of fantastical characters and serious emotion in all the right ways. And so everyone, this the final issue, issue seven, drops on December 7th. So call your comic shops this book it's gonna fly off the shelves i already know it because my local shop if i didn't have it pre-ordered is <laughs> is gone by the time i get there so call your shop say you want the last issue and then hope that you can find the other issues if you aren't already reading it and then the trade paperback just in case the yeah. trade paperback comes out march 1st of next year sweet any any word of a hardcover coming out later no hardcover as of right now um I think there's going to be some spot gloss on the so- <laughs> on the uh, the soft cover trade paperback. Um, but you know, anytime you do a hardcover, you like with that print run. The print runs ex- are so expensive that you go really, really deep into the red right away. Um, and I would like to make money. <laughs> yes, good choice, good financial decision. Here's what I promise. If it sells really well, if it's a mover and a shaker and it's time for a second print run, the chances of it being a hardcover, very high. We'll see. Great. Excited to add it to the rest of my collection. Amen. We're talking about wrestling, but you're also a skilled musician and and you're probably (laughs) honestly one of my favorite follows on social media because it's either highlights from a wrestling match. You, you just, you just shredding on the guitar or are you showing off something you're working on commission wise? Mm. So I I'm interested. Oh, actually the other thing that, uh, kind of, uh, rose my interest for asking this question is because when I w- was able to meet you at San Diego comic con, uh, you were so excited about this co-commission you were doing with Nick Dragota. Oh yeah, the Ava one, Ava two that you you both did together, which came out incredible. Thank you. But just the excitement that you had, and so I realized, oh, he's also super into anime too, uh, because I think your exact quote was, "I'm gonna go off on this thing," because yeah. you were so excited about it. I was, and I wanted to like, uh, I mean, not like he doesn't bring it every time, but like I wanted to make Nick Dragata sweat. <laughs> it's like, oh, it has to look just as good as. Daniel's half, so I'm gonna go all out and uh, just make his life miserable. <laughs> we had a good laugh about it. He's like, "Oh my god, what'd you do to me?" I'm like, "All right, good luck, bro." <laughs> it turned out so good. Yeah, it I, was really great. Yeah, it came out great. So that kind of leads me to this question for you: what What came first, like a love for music, anime, comics, or wrestling? Ooh, um, probably 
comics because um I was reading like Calvin and Hobbes really young, really young, and I wasn't really allowed to listen to a lot of music growing up. Like I remember, like I thought DC Talk was like the hardest rock and band I'd ever heard until like I I had no idea Metallica even existed until like my guitar teacher showed me the uh, intro to uh, you know Enter Sandman. Yeah, my mind was like blown. But that wasn't until like 13 or so, maybe 14. So, uh, yeah, definitely comics. And then, you know, Calvin and Hobbes led into other stuff like more newspaper strip stuff that was collected. And then uh, they actually had a little bit of uh, manga there. So they had like Rama one half yeah. that I would check out. And then um, they had oh, a bunch of different stuff. They had like Batman year one there. A lot of the DC stuff that was getting collected before Marvel really did collections, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I remember, like, reading the Phoenix, Dark Phoenix saga. Like, that That was, like, one of the first Marvel things I ever read. That was also... A, these, all these things were at the library. Um, right. And then, as I started getting a little bit older and, like, kind of, like, had it, having, like, a tiny allowance going and trying to buy those old 80s uh, Transformer comics. Yes. I, like, I loved Transformers. I trying to get my hands on anything transformers related um and uh yeah so i think comics is the is my answer good choice yeah you know i mean like music is definitely a part of my life now and what was the third one it was comics music and comics music wrestling anime yep uh anime was too expensive for me to get into do you remember like back in the day like anime dvds were like 40 bucks they're still 40 bucks (laughs) I remember this local chain in Massachusetts called Strawberries that uh, I don't know if it was just Massachusetts somewhere else, but I remember like buying the first I wanted to watch Trigun so bad and I had no money and I saved and saved and saved and saved, spent $35 on the Trigun volume one set and it was just one disc and I thought it was the whole series. It was like only six episodes or something. It's brutal. Couldn't believe it. Yep. I couldn't believe it. Just a few years ago, I was at a shop and I was like, oh, like Attack on Titan season one. Like, let me let me snag this. It was only the first half of it. And it was sixty five dollars. Yeah, it's I don't know what's up with that, dude. I I can't believe it. I guess streaming has been good for us, you know, anime fans. But um, big time. I just remember like being so into it and getting anything that I could. I do remember one win. I do have a win. At Strawberries, saving up, saving up. I loved the Escaflone show because I would watch it because it was on Cartoon Network for a little while, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, same with uh, the Gundam, uh, that, the Gundam series, not Endless Waltz, the Gundam, oh God, the one that was made for ladies and they brought it over to the <laughs> States for boys. Uh, Gundam Wing, Gundam Wing. Oh, right. Design, so cool in that. I would tr- I would stay up so late at my grandparents house because they had cable on cartoon network to watch it and same with escaflone freaking loved that and then at strawberries they had the escaflone dvd that was the movie mm. never seen it you know just thought it looked cool i bought it and it was rocking i mean it was rocking some good stuff on that have you seen the escaflone movie no get on it i mean most of it's nonsense like the story is like completely in calcul- like I can't figure it out, but <laughs> all the animation is like still super old school, and they it is like it's something to watch. If it's it's worth like a YouTube uh, search, okay. Like the fight scenes are gonna they'll make they'll blow your hair back. 
Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm adding it to the list. It's on cool, there. Cool. My buddy is obsessed with anime, so he might actually just have it. So I'll see if I get lucky enough and can just watch it from him. Right on. Talking about anime, I'm curious. Yeah. In in do a power bomb, you we get some name drops of we get an Alphonse and an Elric <laughs> in there. So are we talking full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood with those characters, or do you just like those names? I, I like those names. It was a little tiny, tiny nod, uh, you know, with like the small big um yeah. And uh, that was one of the mangas I was into. I, w- I read the manga before I watched the show, and uh, I was a big fan. And this is like late high school for me. So, and this was like my, that was the most I was into it uh, was like in high school. So, it, uh, anime at least. And, uh, but yeah, it's a, a warm place in my heart for sure. Yeah, I, that is my favorite anime. Uh, the Brotherhood one? Yes. Yeah, it's good stuff. It. It hits on just because you get the action, you get the emotion drawn into that story and these fantastical elements. And the funny thing is, is after reading Murder Falcon, mm. I I started realizing what pieces of media really speak to me mm-hmm. just because it I Murder Falcon had such an impact on me. And, and I've I talked to you at like at San Comic Con about it. And I, I like wrote you a note about like what it meant to me. Oh, Wait, so you wrote me like a little note. It's like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's like, it's, hold on. I think I have it here. I put it in my sketchbook. <laughs> That's awesome. Lance Watkins. Yes. yes, sir. This is volume 41. This was with me at San Diego. You're right here. Oh, that's so awesome, man. Thank, thank you. Oh, well, it meant a lot. And it's a good, it's a great letter. So thank it goes you. in the sketchbook. Thanks, Lance. Of course. Volume 41. Perfect. <laughs> uh, that honestly, that, that does mean a lot to me. It's, it was very cool. Cause I remember going back the next day and, and you said you, that you threw it in there. And honestly, that, that like made my, my con it, it was just, oh. yeah, honestly, it, it just made me feel like really good. And that's kind of the effect that I've, I've heard from other people that you interact with at conventions. It's you, you give off those vibes. So if I haven't already pumped you up enough, <laughs> for a stellar fall from grace yeah <laughs> that's where we're at right on man yeah well i mean it, you make it easy and and like 99 percent of all the people that i meet at shows are like incredible so it's a great time that's awesome like i was saying just with with murder falcon yeah uh, i started realizing that it's those stories that have that deep emotional impact that that always are the standouts for me. So talking about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, talking about my other favorite uh, comic books that like Planet Hulk and just the emotional impact that one has, and then it's like Spider Man Blue and just like the gut punches you get. Mm. It's it's things like that that I always hold very high in, in regard to storylines, and it's it's something that you have throughout every single comic that you have is just this very strong emotional impact that are are surrounded by action and fantastical characteristics. So just for you, when you're creating your stories, do you have this, this idea of, I want to make these adults cry this way. And then you build the story around that. Or is it just, I'm going to sprinkle in this tear jerking scene here. Mm. I think, you know, I honestly, I'm not sure if it's that 
broken up. I, I think that when I'm thinking about stories that I get excited about, the visuals are a huge part of it, but it is not the be all end all. Uh, there has to be like something that kind of clicks and, you know, I've, I've sat on stuff for a long time because the stuff that clicks is the kind of thing that like, you can't just like sit down and write through. It's like a big kind of big concept that makes everything kind of work. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know if I can help it, bro. I think it's like, <laughs> I think it's like just honestly how the way I write, cause I just think of things that I care about and think the way that I kind of want to frame them. And one thing I really love about, you know, storytelling in general, of course, and good writing and, and even in comics with the page turn is like, you know, we as creators really are in control of like the way that we reveal elements of the story that can like really be impactful. And um, it's really just about what you don't show, you know, it's like if everybody was, if everybody knew everything, you know, nobody would really have a, be able to tell a good story. It's like, you kind of have these like folds and as you open and, and see the whole picture, that's when things really start to make sense. And it's almost like the writer or artist or writer, artist, whatever is like in control of this big image or this big story that like they've kind of folded over like little pieces of paper, but they're also in the middle of figuring it out while making it. So like sometimes you don't know what should go under this piece and how to layer it and how to make it impactful and how to make it like maybe subtle or, or not subtle or, so honestly, I guess what I'm saying is it's a total nightmare and I have no idea how I do it. <laughs> it's, uh, we'll say controlled chaos. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, dude, I just try to attack it and I don't have like a, 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 like a tried and true method when it comes to making that stuff. I think I just try and do my best and I try and be honest with myself within the story. And, you know, if something's not working, it's usually because I'm I'm like holding back or I haven't like figured out something about myself, honestly. I'm not very good at writing stories that don't involve like how I feel about something necessarily. Like I don't see myself writing any like um, historical fiction anytime soon. Right. You know, I, I really have to find. And that's, I, I, that's maybe I think a good thing. Something that I should just be down with about myself and just let it rip. And sometimes I have a tendency to worry like, oh, my overdoing it or but my wife actually was very wise and she's like well do you do you like wes anderson movies and i said oh yeah they're like some of my favorites she's like but like every time you watch a wes anderson movie you're like that's a wes anderson movie i was like yeah she's like well do you ever get tired of wes anderson movies i'm like no she's like man well there you go perfect <laughs> and then i slept like a baby <laughs> there you go well it, it that kind of is in tune with i i posted about the bonkers ending to issue six of do a power bomb yeah, yeah. and spoiler free. And we're going to keep it spoiler free. Sure. And then you responded asking just how, how I felt about like the, the last bit of that, yeah. that issue. And it, it was just fun to see like, uh, or, or just kind of have that interaction of, of you kind of playing with. So like, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like a hundred percent. This is amazing. Keep doing these things. Yeah. Because I had I had friends texting me 
when they finished reading it and they're like, did you just see what EWJ <laughs> just did? And I was like, yes. And it's amazing. <laughs> Do you know, I, I was like, cause we've been kind of shopping the, the property around to like different people in Hollywood just to see if there's any interest and I'll talk to producers, you know? And they're like, Hey, that thing that happens at the end of issue six, does that like have to happen? And I'm like, yes, it has to happen. Yes. <laughs> hundred percent yes um but yeah it was kind of a go for broke kind of situation no spoilers of course but no not at all uh i had some friends and some also some people in the industry that were kind of looking over the scripts for me and kind of like giving me a second eye and you know they know who i am as an artist as a creator you know so they can kind of get my vibe they know what i'm going for and they know what i can deliver and i remember asking them like hey does this work like can I go for this? And they're like, yeah, you can go for this. Let's rock and roll. So I had, I had a few opinions that I trusted that was like, all right. And then I just go forward and, you know, don't look back. (laughs) Good. Don't, don't ever hold back because literally your entire fan base wants you to go for broke with everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause that's where it's at. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Uh huh. So we've already mentioned about you being a skilled musician. I I remember uh, like opened Instagram one day and it was just you shredding on a guitar. Right on. (laughs) And I was like, are you, are you kidding right now? Like another, (laughs) another talent that this guy has. It's like, it's so, it was amazing to just to listen. And as I was uh, prepping for this interview, I wanted to bring up about uh, with murder Falcon how in, in certain scenes, I felt like I was hearing a song in my head All right. in certain moments when the band would be playing or if, if there would be like Jake was playing a riff or, or something along those lines. And I, I found myself like rocking to a beat that I was like creating. It was a awesome. very crazy experience. And I was and I was going to ask you when you were writing a story, were there any particular songs that you had in mind when you drew a particular scene? Mm. I would say for the majority of Murder Falcon, something that was like kind of coming to me during the kind of creative process and writing it and conceptualizing even just the look of the characters, the most often kind of music I was playing was a band called uh, Racer X that uh, Paul Gilbert is the one of the guitarists for that band. He then played a Mr. Big for a while, like kind of imagine like Van Halen, but a little more obnoxious with the guitars, uh, like a lot more actually. And like the drums, the recorded drums, they sound like they were recorded in an airplane hangar. I mean, they're just like the snare is obscenely, obscenely wet, you know, you know, has this like carries on for the mix is insane. You know, it's like the guitars have reverb and delay on them. The drums have reverb. Everything has reverb. It's so insanely epic sounding. Um, and it's all too much. Every, the whole thing is too much. And that's kind of why I fell in love with it. So honestly, like they were kind of my soundtrack. And uh, you know, I listen to a lot of different metal kinds of metal. But Racer X was the first love. Uh, or not the first love, but the first thing to kind of trigger Murder Falcon in my head. And also the thing that was kind of playing continuously through a lot of the scenes that, that you would read. Um, I have actually a funny Paul Gilbert story. If you want to hear it, I 100%. feel like I may have, I, I may have told this story before. I, I, I My friends all know this story because I've told it. So sorry for anybody who's heard the story of 
you're going to hear it again. So Paul Gilbert, you know, plays for race. He played for racer X is back in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, and he still like tours and like does little gigs with like a little band now. And he's kind of stripped down, like way more chill. He plays different kinds of music now, but, um, he, this is back in 2019. He did a show in Chicago and there was a meet and greet. You could buy like a little VIP thing and you get to go to soundcheck, get a little masterclass by him. You get to meet him, take a photo and like, you could have him like sign like a record or a CD or something. And when it was my turn to meet him before I took a photo, I handed him a copy of murder Falcon. And I was like, Paul, my God, like without your music, like murder Falcon would not exist. Like I even included the lyrics to sunlit nights, like one of your best racer X songs, like in the front on in the first issue when they're on the band, check it out. Like, and I flipped to the page and I pointed out and he's just like, and, and he's like nodding. And I'm like, so thank you. Like, I all I can say is thank you. I was wondering if maybe you could have this. I, I just want to give this to you. You know, take it, do whatever you want with it. Thank you so much. Without you, this book would not exist. And he just holds it up. He goes, "What?" He's <laughs> like, "My hearing is not good. What'd you say?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, don't don't worry about it." And it, this is my this is the best part. He holds the comic up and he just yells, "My kid loves the Hulk." <laughs> <laughs> and i was like you've given me a story that i could take to my grave like this is incredible thank you so much have a great day <laughs> i'll take a, a large size t-shirt thank you there you go did he keep the book he did i don't know what he did with it but uh uh it was a good time so thank you Amazing. paul gilbert you're awesome oh man that's an incredible story well you, you traded a book for an awesome story i did i did and it was it was the best nice and and so that's what you heard in your head. But then you also dropped two albums about <laughs> Murder Falcon. So there's uh, from the band Bruticus. So you yeah. have uh, Shredded to Death and Shredded to Life. Yeah. Everyone can you can type in Bruticus Shredded to Death uh, and then also Bruticus Shredded to Life. And you will find these albums that you can listen to for free. You can also donate. So absolutely pay so you can download the songs. <laughs> Uh, support DWJ and Bruticus is spelled B-R-O-O-T-I-C-U-S yes thank you for that clarification yeah and the music is so good <laughs> like I, I I'm not kidding I was listening to it earlier today just because and I won't say the name of the song on this album because it kind of gives a couple it gives something away for the story but sure. the last the last song on uh, Shredded to Life Sure, I, I loved. It's Thank you. so good. Thank you. It 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 hits you in the feels, <laughs> based off of the story. <laughs> That's you're very kind to say that because I know approximately zero things about mixing. Like I, I I'm so I'm so and I'm so amateur. I'm the ultimate amateur when it comes to mixing music and making things sound right. So I can play quite well, but when it comes to like putting things together as a whole it's it's dicey so you're too kind <laughs> i i dug it and i sent it to uh, another friend of mine that's been in the music industry for i don't even know how long because he's also a big fan of murder falcon and he right loved on. it too so a person that knows way more about music than i do also <laughs> loved the song so <laughs> you could... i do think there's there's quite a few badass riffs in there and oh, yes even though like the recording might not be that great like a good riff is a good riff. So exactly. Um, 
and one of my friends who mixes music, I was like kind of getting a little freaked out before I hit publish. And I'm like, can you listen to this? Like, you know, can you see if I'm totally off base? And he came over and he listened to it and he like fiddled with a few things. But he's like, dude, if it sounds good to you, it sounds good. And then that was like basically that's how I've kind of kind of moved forward with my (laughs) music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounded good to you. It sounded good to me. And I'm, I'm curious, have you ever thought about the potential of kind of combining? So your writing illustration and your music together with, with murder Falcon in a potential animated uh, show special, uh, just because I feel like those worlds would blend so well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think so, you know, skybound has the license to murder Falcon. They own the property. Um, and I have talked to I've talked to Robert Kirkman multiple times about it. I'm like, every time we talk, I'm like, uh, Robert, you got this gold mine on your hands. This mm-hmm. is like one of the best comics Skybound's ever made. This should become a TV show. Let's just let's do it. Just like Invincible, bro. I'll write the music. A hundred percent. So every time I see him or I'm talking to him like in a meeting, I'll pitch him. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, we should do that. So, you know, just the slow, the slow, like you know when like waves hit a rock for like a long time, eventually yeah. they change form. <laughs> so is that Robert Kirkman in this scenario? Yes, and I am the the ever present wave that will just continue to uh, just hey, is this happening? This should happen. This should happen. Maybe someday. I I'm very hopeful for that because I it would translate so well just because like Invincible took off. And so Skybound property and Amazon Prime is the perfect spot to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. Uh, it's it is. there. And I mean, like we could get non-metal people to care about it because it would be just yes. that, you know, be so in your face. You couldn't look away. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Well, well, how about we start adding some waves? So everyone that's listening, if you are going to a con and you're going to see Robert Kirkman, just annoy him. just keep asking if we're getting an animated murder falcon until he just caves there you go watch out robert sorry sorry robert but not sorry not sorry at all i'm not sorry robert i'm gonna go to a con just to meet you for the first time and the first thing i'm gonna say is where's my murder falcon animated series (laughs) that's a promise right on there's so much in your not filmography, but in your library for different stories. And I literally have a stack of probably 90% of what you've written over here, just because I can't for the life of me find the trade for uh, space mullet because it's $80 every like online. I can't, I haven't seen it in a store ever. Yeah. It's been out of print for years now, at least since 2020. Um, so and we basically I think Dark Horse did like one print run and that was that was it. Um it did not do very well. <laughs> um so but that was it came out a long time ago. Like it came yeah. out in 2016. So um you know, it's about time I need to I, I'm I'm working on bringing it to image. It just has to have to what's the word? I have to do the work to get it, <laughs> to get it uh, like reformatted. And I think if, if things were to go my way, I'd like to release space mullet as a hardcover. We'll see if I yes, can make that please. happen. Yeah, we'll see. Please. With like a brand new cover and everything. Yeah. Do you, so 
for those that might not know, Space Mullet was your webcomic that you were doing for years. Yep. And it, I was trying to find the trade and I was so upset because I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to drop 80 bucks so I can read the story. <laughs> and then I found that it was a webcomic and I was like, sweet. And I read through it all in like a day and a half. Yep. And it's, it's so good. Thank it, you. I had so much fun reading that story, but we, we know it, it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. It does. So I'm wondering, are you, do you ever feel like you're going to return to that world to finish up that story? I can't make a promise on that. I would like to. The only problem is, um, you know, I, I have to like, it's like I'd have to get in the, well, so first off, the reason that I stopped is because I was doing it for like fun in my spare right. time. And then I started getting like paid for it. I started getting paid to like draw comics, other comics. And I was doing that like full time all day, every day. And, uh, I just, at the end of the day, I just didn't want to do it more. Um, and it wasn't bringing me any sort of, uh, financial gain. So I, I, what, I, what used to happen is I would be working on all these random illustration and graphic design gigs. And then space mullet was the kind of thing that was like the treat that I would get to work mm-hmm. on to try and work on my comic chops. And then once I started getting paid for comic stuff, I just couldn't get myself to work on it. So I think maybe if I could like, you know, it, so- it sounds kind of bad to like phrase it like this, but if I could see a way for it to make money, honestly, I- I would- I'd probably get back into it, but I haven't really figured out how to make that happen yet. Right. So when I do, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I just need to bring in something to make it like, you know, so it's like, cause it's my job now. So I have to get paid for yes, it somehow. hundred percent. So I'll, I'm working on it. I'll figure it out. Great. Cause I, I need to hear the rest of the story cause it's so much fun. Thanks dude. Fingers crossed hardcover for it over at image. And then maybe that's the catalyst for more. Yes, maybe. I hope so. Cause, uh, I finished it and I was like, no, I need, I need the rest (laughs) it's it's too good not to know what else happens yeah it's 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 um well gosh i i cringe when i read it now but i appreciate that it's uh i was basically i didn't know what i was doing when i started with writing with drawing with anything with storytelling with you know timing and like panel choices and cuts and location shots i was just it was literally a uh I've said this many times, but it was like a canvas for me to just screw up on. Like I was just like there for me to kind of experiment with and figure out my own kind of storytelling sensibilities. And I just learned by mis- by trial and error, I should say, with with Space Mullet. So, yeah. If that's your mistakes, dear goodness. Because <laughs> like, there there's so many like cool sci-fi elements Thank you. in that story. Like we get we get to see a character that that pops a rocket out of their elbow and does a massive yeah. punch like there's so many cool moments in that story thank you and actually the reason i did a sci-fi story because i was going to do a fantasy story starting out because um fantasy stories have just less um you know perspective drawing you have to do because it's all happens in the woods or whatever i mean you still have to draw castles and stuff but i was like nope nope I, i'm really bad at perspective and backgrounds I need to get better at this. So I, I actively uh, picked something that would force me to get better um, by the simple fact. It's like, well, I don't know how to draw this, but in order for me to tell the story, I have to draw this. So 
you know, the rubber's got to hit the road. Here I go. And it really helped me a lot, a lot. It was a fun read. And I honestly also had a lot of fun reading the comment section yeah. of, of you just interacting with, with everyone else. Cause you would give updates for your career and, and everyone in the comments was just so excited to see you progress in your career. It was just like a very uplifting, very positive environment. So it, it's just a fun experience. So everyone out there, just look up the webcomic Space Mullet and just have a, a super fun time reading through a, a very fun story. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to give you as many compliments as possible. I'm trying to build you up as high <laughs> as possible for the audience once again, potentially to pull it back down to earth at a con. Who knows? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so bringing up the fantasy side of things. So you also have uh, Extremity. Yeah, which is a fantastic uh, limited series. It, it was one of the books you were nominated for an Eisner for for a limited yep. series, and it it is that that blend of of fantasy. I I loved the back of this book. I need to I need to say what they said. It is where beauty and imagination of Studio Ghibli meet the intensity of Mad Max. <laughs> if that's yeah. not a selling point to to readers, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, I. I uh... I, gosh, it's so long ago too, like Extremity. I've worked so hard on that book. There's so many lines in it. A uh, lot. Yeah, it was before I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can tell when there's so much more detail in there. It's yeah, like, there's oh, like pre- way more detail. Pre-kids. Yeah, pre-children. Murder Falcon's a lot looser. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, dude, it's... uh. That was my first kind of big foray into writing and drawing my own stuff that wasn't Space Mullet. And it was on like an actual like printed comic book page, you know. Um, And it was my start of my relationship with Skybound as well, Mm -hmm. working with them. Uh, And it was a good time. I mean, I had a great time working on it. And how did how did you feel or how was that transition going from web comic to like the, the actual physical comic page? Well, I'd always, the goal with the Space Mullet was always to turn it into a physical comic book at some point. So that was why the dimensions looked that certain way instead of it being like a square or like a strip format. I always wanted to work on comics that were printed. So, you know, Space Mullet led to work with like Dark Horse on other things that I wasn't necessarily writing. Like um, I did, uh, like I worked with Donnie Cates on the Ghost Fleet and drew that. Yep. There you go. Um and that kind of opened the door to me publishing Space Mullet there. But yeah, so I had, I had had my fair share of like, you know, pages with people writing at the helm. Um, so honestly, Extremity was just kind of the next natural step where I had already kind of done it with Space Mullet and I had been actively working on like the script and the pitch for Extremity. So when a time came to like finally pull the trigger and start working on it, it just fit and it was just right. And um, I had like I had worked on I worked on the Ghost Fleet, then I worked on Alabaster right after. So like it was like two projects where by the end of Alabaster, I was like really gunning to like do my own thing again. Um, That wasn't Space Mullet and Extremity was that thing. And I kind of had a like a what's the saying where you have something on your shoulder, a chip on your chip on your shoulder to like, I can do this. I feel confident. I feel like I can really rock and roll this and. I just gave it my absolute everything. I just pushed myself so hard. And uh, it was like the first time that I really felt myself click, 
you know, like really getting into the zone and feeling good about something where like, I didn't want to redraw it the next day. <laughs> right. Um, and I just learned a lot about myself as an artist, as a person. And it was a long series. It's like 12 issues. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it was a good time. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited because the second volume just came in today for me. Cause oh, I, awesome. I picked this one up at the con from you and yep. then I, I read it the other day and I was like, well, I immediately need to read the other six. So it just arrived today as well. Very awesome. excited about that one. Fun story about a fun story about extremity. I rewrote issue six. I wrote, I wrote two full versions of six, uh, of issue six because the the first one wasn't working i had to redo the whole thing but it was way better the next time <laughs> nice do, do you still have the first version of it lying around i think i do somewhere because i don't throw anything away which is a problem that's uh, that's a good choice i save all of my scripts that i work on uh because they usually have little doodles and it just kind of reminds me of how i used to work and uh but yeah it's it's some it's somewhere <laughs> Extremity is really interesting just because we, we are in more fantastical elements. And then I just love the maps that you included on the front and back cover of just like Thank the you. world building that you included in the story. It it was a lot of fun to, to check that out too. With your story, so the majority of your work has been limited series. And I'm curious, is, is there anything that you are interested in working on for like an ongoing series? On as so far as like um, my own characters or like somebody else's or anything you would want to do. Is there anything that you're like, I would love to do an ongoing series of this thing? Mm. You know, ongoing, I, uh, I have not figured out how to write well for like an ongoing series where you like keep going with the story. I think there would have to be some sort of inherent setup. I think of the walking dead immediately where like right. it has that kind of like ability. It has like the legs to keep going and going and going. I just, whenever I conceptualize stuff, it's like, so balls to the wall. I just automatically, you know, it, it has to be a certain length because I don't really hold anything back. And when you don't hold anything back like that, it's just, you know, you ha there's like kind of a litmus or sorry, a limitation of like what readers will take before they're like, mm, okay, you know, mm, all right. There's just kind of like this, you know, the water can only get so hot before people have to get out. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the suspension of uh, disbelief eventually wears out. And I don't like overstaying my welcome. So uh, that's why I usually do mini series. But when the right project comes along, you know, I think, I think I could make it work. It's an interesting challenge for me because I like, like I think about wrestling, right? Going back to wrestling, yeah. like the wrestling just keeps going, you know, but I love it. Like, I love it. And it's like, well, there are characters there that are like, they're actual people, but these characters, they keep moving and evolving and changing. And, you know, we love the, we love wrestling so much that it's, it makes us return back for more, but we still want it to be good. So there's that tension there, that balance that needs to happen. And uh, that's something that I've been thinking about. And who knows, man, an ongoing by me. Ooh, geez. At first I shudder at the thought, but maybe it'll happen. <laughs> Guess we will see. Uh, and I, I'm so excited. I, I absolutely love 
the work that you've done with with Marvel and DC, like Wonder Woman, Dead Earth is a fantastic series. Thank you. Uh, I'm a massive Beta Ray Bill fan. So when when you were announced to come on to that that storyline, I like freaked out, picked up way too many variants of number one. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) So and and I am so excited because I feel like there has never been a, a bad Beta Ray Bill run. And I'll say there's never even been a good Beta Ray Bill run. There's only been fantastic ones. So you kept that legacy rolling. So I was very happy Big, about yeah. that one. Big shoes to fill. Thank you very much. I did my very mm-hmm. best. Oh, that was really fun. It, it shows. It shows you had a lot of fun with this one because the just the action and the storyline are, again, balls to the wall, crazy in the best way possible. Thank you. Thank you. Uh <laughs> So I, I don't want to keep you too long. I know we're, we're recording late. I'm very grateful that for you uh, taking the time to to join me on here. Thanks for being flexible with the time. Sorry, I kept bouncing oh, no. around. No, we're perfectly fine. I'm happy to change my schedule around for any time you want to chat. I'll throw that awesome. out there. All right. Yeah. Cool. So everyone, again, make sure you go out to your local comic shops, pick up, do a powerbomb number seven and pre-order the trade paperback you know you want it just pre-order it already we we want the hardcover so everyone pre-order the trade paperbacks so we can get more yes daniel again thank you so much is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up i um i have a youtube channel that i go live every friday uh if you just google like daniel warren johnson youtube you'll find me i don't do a ton of videos or anything but i do go live if you want to see me draw Fridays afternoon central time I do draw uh just kind of whatever uh you know I have a camera above my desk and when it's time to go live I just turn it on and whatever I'm working on at the time is what you see so just a very chill hangout and I promise not to ask you to subscribe to my channel <laughs> it's 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 really cool to watch that I've, I've jumped on before and getting to see the way you use the wide out with your chain. So like the ink versus oh, the wide yeah. side of the chain. That was so interesting just because Thank there's you. so many times I'm looking at your storm. Like, how is he making this night sky look like this? Yeah. A lot of it is layers, like kind of like a Photoshop was on paper, uh, but like kind of building up in that way and trying to do myself, trying to be smart, working smarter, not harder. Yeah. And we also get to see you working on commissions. There was a really cool Optimus Prime one that you did recently too. Yeah. Oh, that was really fun. That that is a series I would love to see you work on. Is a transformer. Oh, transform- oh man, hundred so percent. Cool. I think Ooh. you would absolutely crush a Transformers run. I think you're right. I think I would. That would be really fun. Who has the rights to Transformers now? It just changed. It was IDW. Who has it now? I don't know who has it now. All right. Well, uh, but. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. And then I'll go up to their booth at a convention. And the first right. thing I'll say to them is why isn't there a Daniel Warren Johnson Transformers run? <laughs> Amen. We're going to break down all of these stones that won't break down. <laughs> we need more. Yes. It's time to close the book on this issue of comic book keepers. So until next time, this is Lance. And this is DWJ. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. Closer.